Welcome everybody to Para Presents. We're back. It's the new year. Uh, Para Presents the Gig Economy, a weekly discussion hosted by David Pickerell, the CEO of Para, and myself. Unfortunately, David is not here this week. However, one of our guests on the opposite side of me, as you can see, we are honoring David in Pacific time with his face on the wall at DoorDash headquarters. Aggressively active him. to get back on the platform, though. I mean, they told him to, he has to wait 90 days before they even attempted. So they send him an email. He emails that person. It, it doesn't go anywhere. He calls this one. This one doesn't go anywhere. So he's just like, he wants to get back on DoorDash. I mean, my so, dad's so, 80... so wait a minute. I, I just want to understand this. So, okay. So he's done this for years. He's been a top dasher. He's, you know, like, He's jumped through their hoops for a while. Yes. Something happened. And I, I actually know about this happening with our friend Van. Uh, oh, remember that. DoorDash deliveries. I mean, the same yeah. thing. He had. Top he, Dasher? He well, was, it was a no. shared. It was allegedly. Yeah, he had, a, he had actually the same email about a shared account. Yeah. So when I, you said that, I was like, I remember this exactly how this scenario goes. And, and so, but now I'm saying like, okay, so your dad doesn't, I can't say this for Van for sure, but your dad doesn't know anything about what was going on no with that and and not only you know, are they saying deactivated holding to it it's deactivated but listen we can't even discuss this for 90 days what is yeah. 90 days i you know i i and i don't think it's not so think after 90 days this? even if he did something sketchy they're gonna it's cool yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> I, I i just don't i, I don't understand the, i mean it's i hear I but hate listen, to say it, but it's almost a lot more logical to say you're deactivated, period. period. End of story. And I don't, it's not just him. It's not just the 90 days just for my father's case. I hear whether it's videos, whether it's, uh, it's YouTube or Facebook, most everyone says you have to go through this 90 day waiting, like probation period. I don't know. But a couple of months ago, Somebody called him on my dad. Somebody called my dad on DoorDash. And, you know, it was a scam. You know, they said something like, I don't know exactly what they said, but they wanted his password and his, e you know, his username. And my dad's, you know, my dad's not a fool. And he said, you know, no, I'm not giving it to you. And the guy in the other line was, you know, cursing at him and calling, him, you know, oh, just, the, yeah. you know, whatever, berating him. So I said, I wonder if he has something to do with it. You know, because so he doesn't know, but I, you know, this happened right after DoorDash laid off, like, what was it, like 1500, something like that? Like 1500 people? I forget exactly. Well, it, was, it was 1250, I think, or right okay, around there. Okay, yeah. yeah. So a lot of people. So um, it wasn't me that was deactivated uh, because I. I'm just, I'm hearing more and more stories about D. I mean, I've heard. Joe and I have been doing this for the same amount of time since 2015. Um, yeah. I've heard deactivation stories since the first month. Yeah. However, I'm hearing newer, like, don't. right, but I'm hearing, that's what I'm saying. I'm hearing newer, like, different type. It's almost like, hey, you're kind of deactivated. What do you mean I'm <laughs> kind of deactivated? <laughs> like, for a while, it was just like, you're done. You're deactivated. Okay. And now it's more like, you're deactivated get back to us later or there will be some like twist to it like why why is there a twist why it's almost like we they know they're like what they're saying is probably not true it's wrongful mm -hmm. that's the thing i mean if you know if you're doing something that's uh, goes against 
their platform, you know, yes. whatever that might be, you know, say you, you attack a customer, whatever it yeah. is. Okay. But when he's doing everything and that just isn't my dad, but this just goes across the board. You're doing everything that, and then, and then my dad goes above and beyond, right? Cause he's top dasher. So he will take those far orders and he will maybe take, uh, you know, he doesn't do the two fifty three dollars but he might take, less dollar per mile you know he'll do things like that so it's just wrongful deactivation and i think they maybe they wait the 90 days because they expect you to just say well forget about it yeah. i'll just get a w2 or forget about it i'll just go on these other things and they just keep bringing in more drivers right and the the um it's overly saturated so there's no orders coming in everywhere so yeah everywhere so like you're sitting there so maybe that's what the 90 days are for so but he wants, like I said, he wants to get back on. You know, he's like, he said he's making almost as much. He does Instacart, GrabHub, and Uber Eats. <clears throat> and with those three, he said he's just about to what he was making. But you can see why he didn't, if he was doing all of that, like he was just doing DoorDash and yes. making enough money doing DoorDash, he's like, why do I need to do the other apps? Well, that's why. Exactly. Because they let you go for no reason. Yeah. Right, because <laughs> those of us that, those you know if if we're hustling and do it like well like so he's able to multi-app but yeah. he doesn't want to he'd rather just work doordash and make the money and i mean you know i i've got no problem with that either what i i've got more of a problem with what happened and i mean that in yeah. terms of like i i've always had a problem with deactivation especially i've known a lot of wrongful deactivations so yeah. but this is just getting weird because i feel like like this is the worst time for them to do this. Mm -hmm. We're now in 2023. We're fighting for independent contractorship. Mm -hmm. um, they should be like saddling up to the good people, but they're doing things like this that actually show that they have a control they shouldn't have. Yeah. You know, like, and it, it, first of all, the whole thing goes against being an independent contractor. The fact of you're deactivated. Why? Because something happened. What? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's weird. No, it's, it's just deactivate yeah. or don't. I mean, yeah, Joe, Tony, it, like, what, what's your take on this? I, it's it's guilty until proven guilty with like every yeah. all, every one of these companies. You know, I mean, are people seeing mis mixed experiences? And if you are, is that hourly covering what you want to get paid to be out? Because my standards are pretty high to be so, doing gig work. So. Here's the I'm, thing. I'm, I'm going to let Zach go first. Go, go ahead, Zach. Okay. So the thing with the hourly is they're, they're still the same orders, right? But let me, let me back up. I think that if Pedro were to do this on a Tuesday or a Wednesday at some random off time, he's going to have a much different experience. Uh, well, I don't know even know that he's I, I, I don't know for work. sure when he did it, but I'm willing to bet it wasn't during peak times. Uh, just, just my personal uh, speculation on that. Um, like, let's be real about it. They don't have this program for drivers to make more money. They have it so they don't have to bonus orders. So they know that drivers are going to have a 100% acceptance rate. And, you know, if you're out driving and you select hourly when it's busy and, and people are tipping well, well, they don't have a no-tip order to serve you. So you're just going to get what's, you know, next in line. But if you're driving in some tiny rural market where one out of every five people don't tip, guess what? You're the fall guy. I was gonna say that's how I thought it'd be that it'd just be the trash orders that nobody wants to take because you're being paid hourly. So, but I mean, something to factor in though is it's not always going to just be trash offers. Like, there's not 
so sometimes there's not going to be a, a no tip order in the DoorDash queue. Like in my market, right? Like if I'm sitting around for 45 minutes, the next offer that comes in, you know, it's likely not going to be a no tip order. I, I hope right. I articulated that and, and made sense. Right, but it, but it could be always a low tip order. Or... It could be, and you won't know until it's too late. Yeah. I mean, so but, I guess I, my point my point is, is anybody who's doing hourly, is that, it, I guess, has anybody heard from anybody if that's help? Is that helping people? Are they happy? Are they are they going above the hourly pay or are they reaching it and thinking, oh, that's awesome, perfect? So, okay, let's, sorry, go ahead. Uh, okay, oh. I've had a lot of people comment on this and I have had different people with different experiences, but the overall consensus seems to be that they find my video because they tried it after they got royally screwed. They were <laughs> thinking that they were gonna make a certain amount of money and they got nothing but no tip orders. Um, obviously, you know, I've had a few that were like, no, I, I did great, I made 35 an hour. You know, so uh, it seems to be a mixed bag, but most of the people that comment on that video are, are saying, yeah, it, it was terrible. Never again. See, I found so even I, I for their even I, for their market worse than normal by taking that route. I, I don't know about their market specifically, but I mean, that's but obviously they're trying it because something's not working well. It would be my assumption that they're yeah. uh, doing worse than they were before. Yeah. So I know, I don't know if you've seen his channel, but his name is Joe Easy Delivers. He's in Miami and he, he's been trying it for the last couple of weeks. And for him, it works, but he's also multi apping, you know? So it, it really, it really works out for you if the restaurants are slow because you're earning by the time. You know what I mean? So for him, I think most of the restaurants he goes to are, they're slow anyways. So he's like, I'm just, it just makes more sense. But it is a little bit of a riskier, you know, factor because you don't see all that info you just see the items and the miles there's you don't see any pay at all so you kind of just have to hope for the best you know so i know he seems seen some success because of that but i think i i just to me it just seems like i i, I wouldn't want to do it because i think for me if i'm if they're paying you by the hour they're not paying you when you're not when you're just waiting for orders they're only paying you during exactly. the order right and for me, I want to pick up and drop off as fast as possible. So then it's going to take me a bunch of orders to make that 11-hour hourly or $8 hourly that I've seen somewhere. So I, I think he's having success because he can multi-app with it. But you can also only decline, I think, one order or two orders an hour or something like that before they, before they kick you out. So you have to be really specific with what you can decline, which makes no sense. So, you know, I'm, I'm a well, top decliner by, by, by default. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> It makes perfect sense for the whole reason that they created it, which, you know, like you guys said, it's to get those, pardon my French, but shittier orders delivered. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason that they roll out any new program. And, and every time I see something, like the second I saw the idea of an hourly in my area, I was like, okay, like what's going to be the catch that they're going to get everybody to take these crappy orders. And then I, I read the whole, like, you can only decline one an hour. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel mean, like I, life I sort of goes it. in like, I feel like life goes in circles. I say that because like when I'd worked at Uber, that was the first version of incentives we did, which is you have a guaranteed hourly rate. You have to accept 90% of the trips during the multiple hour block or else, and you take everything. And they evolved a whole bunch of different incentive tactics beyond that. But it seems like, you know, I guess life repeats itself. I don't know why it's driven back to that, but it's just. When I started Rideshare yeah. 2015, you had to you had to stay above 80% and you didn't get a warning. If you fell under, you were done. I mean, obviously, let's 
let's look let's look at the para app though i mean for one because i mean sarah like you don't use it but like even if you're not even if you started to and you're not using it for any other reasons like it has the auto accept and decline it has the flagging feature this might be something of interest to you if you've never heard of it where you can flag a location and put the notes in that you want like i hate this apartment complex i can't park i don't like go you know you can put in features that are things that you don't like <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it it sounds with, oh go ahead go ahead no i was just saying is, is para working with doordash now like that or no uh with doordash the connection's still down but we okay. might, you know i am gonna hint that there might be something so hmm. there's a reason we've been quiet for a while but uh more to come there but no so not for doordash but for the others we still have a bunch of the flagging features there okay i think the one i'm most excited about is actually we have something that's coming out in the next couple of weeks one is sort of the keep me within this radius or don't bring me to this zip code and the one i've been playing around with is the reject anything that contains the word blank basically so mcdonald's Popeyes, McDonald's, Taco Bell, <laughs> stuff like that, basically. So I've been playing around with that. I, it's one of those where I want to make sure, like, you know, you don't accidentally type the letter A and then, like, everything gets rejected or something like that and you don't even realize what you've done. Right. But, uh, I still I still think this, the ParaWorks thing needs to go to, uh, I think, the thumbs up thing, like we were talking about when you were, like, a thumbs up. Like, I think that needs to happen, man, because everybody I know about the flagging feature wants a thumbs up, not just down. Like, hey, great tipper. Mm -hmm. And then the next right. time they get that address, they see great tipper. They're like, oh, nice. Got him. That's <laughs> what I was, I was going to ask David on, on with the Para app. Can you actually put in a physical address and flag them? Uh, so what happens if you can basically say in this order, I didn't like the house I ordered to. So we won't say we won't store like a hey here is the name of the address of the person because we're like hey we want to protect the person's privacy but if once you flag that it's sort of hashed but if a, you get an order from that address again even on another platform right it'll be like hey like you know you didn't like the fact that their stair was broken or the person yelled at you it'll remind you of that basically right or they don't have a porch light and i tripped and fell or I mean anything like that. Like wow. you can, it's it's like self notes that will keep you away. But also the, some, you know, I'm always surprised because I like I wonder how often people see the same thing again and again. But it seems like a lot of people do actually see the flags. But here's a new thing that is popping up for Instacart. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. It happened last week. Um, there was an Instacart uh, issue that got caught. It's probably happening lots of places. But it was at a Kroger, and the Kroger's actually put a timeout on Instacart working out of that Kroger for a minute while they try and figure out what to do here. Because more than once, the shoppers were adding up to $40 of groceries to the, to the uh, app. And now, I'm not the biggest Instacart person, but we talked about this at length with other people who do a lot of Instacart last week. Okay, so... They were saying, well, yeah, you can do it, but they should be getting alerts or this or that. Okay, but first of all, when by default, you don't get an Instacart receipt. By default, you're paying more for every grocery you get from Instacart than it would cost in the store. You don't have the receipt. So is that part of the reason that this is being missed? Because right now this Kroger is lost. They're like, dude, why is every customer? Because customers are coming back and saying, 
hey, this I haven't looked at my statement in a while. So again, it's a part of it's on them, but um, there's a there's a discrepancy here. There's a problem. Um, and I'm so just I, wondering, I didn't even know, like usually with apps, I wonder like add item must be tough. One of John Dash's theories, I believe, I've thought about it a lot since last week, I believe is a good um, thing that might be, ha or not, it's not good, but I, I believe this could be happening where somebody order, you know, you see 54 items, uh, 65 units. So, you know, you're getting two or three of a, of a certain thing. One of John's theories was maybe they're delivering two, had an order for three, paid for it, took one. Um, but I don't know how it's coming out to around $40. I mean, again, this platform, in my opinion, is one, I, I, they're all sketchy, but if they have bots that have been around since day one, no other, no other platform has bots or any kind of interference like this at all. Whereas if you put the word Instacart on any social platform, even the bots attack you and try and get you to join groups. Instacart doesn't care that they exist. They're fine with it. That's kind of the upper echelon group. Those people who are with those type programs and pay monthly dues. I think that's disgusting. I think that's wrong. Um, and I, I find it interesting that they don't even fight it or care. Now we got shoppers stealing. They use a different pricing system and that's before their pricing that they add on to you. Service fee, processing, all this, that, the other. Um, I know my orders are worse than everybody's markets. I show them all the time. But with all this going on to see $9 to go sh do two shop and delivers 3.6 miles, two stops, that's two hours of my time for four fifty an hour. I'm not doing those. And I'm actually beyond offended that those even exist. Um, I know tr sometimes they try and stack it so that the order with a tip will help out the one that doesn't have a tip, but in my market, mostly it just sucks. I mean, like really, I couldn't yeah, take we, any of them. They're just that not bad. Do any shops that are two two stores? I think it's interesting yeah. though. So it's kind of funny. We're not only Instacart shoppers, but we're also customers. Um, <laughs> so I'm, so yeah, we, we we don't we don't want to do any Walmart shops, but we have no problem uh, doing Instacart. But uh, doing making other people shop for us at Walmart uh, through Instacart. Do, do you have you seen that? Do you get you don't get receipts through Instacart when you no? Do Instacart? I'm wondering if the cut if if the Instacart shopper is giving them the receipt because then they're getting the receipt that's totally a different amount and then they're I mean, you have to take a picture of the receipt that's too. this is mary that's exactly why instacart actually because instacart upcharges right so they prefer the you don't get the receipt there's actually right, another like, step oh. the customer has to take you guys probably know this being a customer there's an extra step right. you have to take to say hey i actually want the receipt and it's like you know, it's not like a flow. Oh, field. I never even noticed that. It's like it's like something oh. you got to go to like advanced features while doing. Yeah, it's not, that's not on the main screen. But but that but I'm wondering if the 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 shopper gave them the receipt and it said it was twenty dollars. And then when they got their Instacart bill, they were like, "Wait, I spent sixty dollars. Why why am?" And they went back to the store. Maybe. Yeah, because you know what's really funny too about about Instacart is you take a picture of the shelf. And Instagram never really thought about this. When there when there is an item that's at that's out of stock, and I guess it's why they're kind of changing now that they don't have you take pictures anymore. Mm -hmm. Is is probably because when you take a picture of the shelf, there are different prices on the shelf than what they have in the apps. Right. So, so the customer customer's sees, like, oh, I want that one for two ninety nine, but it's really before. like five ninety nine for the Instacart shopper. Yeah. R right. So, so they're, they're probably doing what Dumbling does. Same thing. They're probably using a nationwide average on the app just because that's the only way to keep the item prices. But the problem is they're using a nationwide average and then they're upping the price. 
And as right. far as I've tried to break down with people, we can't find symmetry. It's not like a percentage. It's not like, oh yeah, every item's 2.2%. It's like it olive oil might be 17% marked up. Toma a can of tomatoes might be 2%. Is it confirmed There's... Instacart's upping it though, and not and not the supermarkets? Like they, oh, like, yeah. for yeah, example, no. the Instacart has their own pricing charge. model that every item is above the supermarket. Okay, not by much. I mean, it doesn't look it adds up, but yeah. not by much. But every item is more than it is, and that's right. without service fee processing any of that. That's just the cost mm -hmm. of the groceries. Yeah. Hey, Steve, didn't the article say that the customer saw on her receipt that there was like a pair of women's clogs or something like something Yeah, that's crazy. the kind of thing I'm adding. Oh. We're, yeah, but I mean, that's like one of them. Like sometimes it's they're adding like, you know, I, again, I go back to are they adding just even a candy bar or a soda upon checkout? Are some adding like like some of their food, uh, $8 of food on every order that day and getting their groceries for the week? Now, did, right, did they, did they find out who the shopper was? Was it the same shopper for they each? I mean, they caught the one, but now that's the Kroger right now is undergoing something because it was getting complaints about other things relative. So I actually called the Kroger because <laughs> I wanted to talk to the manager. Really? Yeah, I didn't get in, I didn't I, get in touch with them, but um, I'm going to, I'm, well, I'm going to contact him again. I mean, a Kroger manager can't be that hard to track down. Come on. Um, yeah, but it's, <laughs> it's, he's not a celebrity. You know, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to ask him to break any kind of policy. I just want to understand what led him because he's, he's kind of put out a ban. Instacart can't, I mean, could they be doing it under the radar? Maybe, but he's actually, they've actually called it in is no more Instacart shoppers here for a minute. We're trying to figure some things out. Let me ask you, Lou and Mary, since you actually shop like your actual customers of Instacart, when a customer, like say I'm shopping for you and I go to hit that little plus sign that I want to add, I'm making this up like a package of pasta because you asked me to get you an extra package of pasta. Does that come through as a text message to you saying, Kimberly, add it? It pops up on your app as, um, and you have to review it. So what's happening is if they're doing that, they're, when they're, when they're going to check out, it's not actually approved by the, the shopper, but they're just going, they're, they're going past it. You see the like one they're jumping ahead. The one company that got it right was, uh, rest in peace, corner shop, <laughs> um, corner shop was very, uh, sticky about replacements. And actually, had a whole had a whole waiting period. We had to wait five minutes uh, for the customer to be able to review all the changes. Instacart, you don't have to do that. It gets to the to the review section, and you just say, "Okay, well, everything is good," because because the truth is, you know, as shoppers, we don't want to sit here and wait for them to review something because half half the time they're not even looking at the phones. If they forgot they even did an Instacart or half of these customers, you know, they're not looking at their phones. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's not just me, Torsten. I'm sure that maybe maybe not as much lately, but you have had run-ins like I have where you get you 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 know you end up somewhere and it's an underage kid, um, 16 or something from a high school, and you yeah. tell them no, and even the parent actually takes the time to call you. Yeah. And fight exactly. on behalf of the kid, knowing okay. that it's not okay. Yeah. And right there and then, I mean, you have a choice, right? You, you can end the trip. Uh, you could have a, you know, you could educate the parent. They obviously see it one way. Oh, you know, my kid's 
my kid's been in Uber and Lyfts before. Why, why are you suddenly acting like this, right? Yeah. Well, or, or, or father, you should know. You should know better. You should know what you signed there. You know, your kid cannot be in the car. Now, if, if, if it's a, a licensed vehicle by the state, a licensed transportation vehicle, obviously it's a whole different story. You know, that's where uh, underage kids can travel on. But they're not willing to pay that money. You know, they're not right. willing to um, hire a TCP driver for a yeah. kid in California. It's too much money. I mean, so, I, did li I did limos for about just a little over a year. And yeah. right as I was starting kind of ride share too. So I was doing both at the same time around 2015. So, Ooh. yeah. And so I got, but I, I had to, you know, like paying your dues coming into a, a company. My dues were, um, uh, you know, end of school season, taking high schoolers. That's what all the drivers wanted. They didn't want the proms. Right. And so there you get the proms. But I mean, even at the proms, you have some parents card. Most and I'll I don't even know if I can say one time it didn't happen. Every time that I would go pick up kids, there was some parent, at least one, that came out and met me. Definitely, they want to I mean, see. It wasn't it wasn't like how they treat rideshare where they're just getting in and going. My parents know I'm using their account. It's like the parent came out and said hi, thank you for doing this tonight. You know, is there? As you, know. you for a private driver, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly, and and you know. Entrusting uh, a child with a driver is—it's it, a huge thing, and 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 I just want to um, tell any driver out there that does Uber and Lyft, if you if you ever think of going in that direction, you a you are a true independent contractor. You set your rates, and mm -hmm. um, driving children for parents is 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 a big money maker, as long as you learn how to communicate, you know, with the parents. We are here. Your kids want this. We're dropping off Jack. We're going to go now and drop off Jill. Uh, parents love that when you keep them in the mix where their children are because that's all they care about, right? Yeah. You know, I, I drive a lot of 15, 16, 17-year-old kids in groups, five, six, seven of them, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of weekends, and it's really all about communicating with the parents. And once you do that, oh, my God, referral after referral after referral. Right. right? I mean, even and the like parents – outside they they shake your hand nice to meet you thank yes. you yes taking care of our kids tonight um have a good time uh it's 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 a whole different it's yeah. a whole different way than uh get you know picking up an underage kid on the uber and lyft platform where they already know what they're doing is is wrong and then they try to you know sort of bs their way into the car and you know you, you're if you're a veteran driver you can see if the kid's underage you can see that they, you know, using another account and, um, you know, you just have to learn where do you draw the line? Do you allow teenagers in your car and accept anything and everything? Or do you actually play by the book? You know, you, you guys, I, one thing I will say to the, to the end of my days on this one, guys, don't take minors. hundred percent. You know, do first of all, the insurance companies don't even really have the 50% of your back they're supposed to, unless you're like in phase three, zero, one, and two, they have some wiggle room to get out of it. So you're really just left with your insurance. And I don't care what policy you're carrying. If you're not licensed to take a child, doesn't matter what written permission or anything you have, you can't be taking that child. Exactly. So if so, you got in an accident, and I mean, God forbid, but if you got in an accident and your car crashed and the kid died and it wasn't your fault, it was a drunk driver even, you still are very much on the line for that kid. Absolutely. And they will come after you. So you and you, yeah. and you at Uber and Lyft are going to protect you. 
in that lawsuit, absolutely not, right? They said, well, yeah. you should have, you know, you should have said no to the kids. So now they'll push all the blame on you. And like you said, God forbid, I hope it never happens to anyone. I hope no one gets into an accident with an Uber or Lyft underage kid on board. You know, we just pray it never happens. But it, it may. It just may happen one day. Yeah. And you, you picked up the kid in the wrong place, wrong age, and you ended up in an accident. And then it's over. You know, it, it truly is over. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I mean, I think those kind of things are what people don't get. They're like, well, I'm called, I'm cover, I got commercial insurance now. Okay, but yeah. I don't even care if they told you wrong. Your commercial insurance isn't covering that. I don't care who you... Well, that, that's exactly it, right? And I think sort of uh, we've been following up with some of the people on the Facebook Live exactly for that. I think there is a store number and address, stuff like that tied to it. And really, that's our goal there, right? Is to, you know, some of the features might come and go as things change, but really what I call that is sort of like manage your existing work, how you want to, uh, and sort of with your preferences there, right? Which is why we really built that and continue to build that, that sort of like suite of auto decline features there. And I think right. really, you know, maybe jumping a little ahead here, the goal over to why we call it the personal dispatch system is like, you know, hey, here's your Uber, DoorDash, Grubhub, all your stuff with your preferences being heard. Using ParaWorks, we're going to try and unlock more and more opportunities for you. And the goal of you know, and that's why you know when I say personal dispatch, we're not going to get there tomorrow. We're not going to get there in a couple of months. But when you zoom out, we're building the building blocks for that, right? So, you know, manage everything in one feed, unlock more new opportunities, start to put these opportunities into the feed, and eventually you want to get that sort of smart dispatch system on top of it. So right now yeah. it's hey, I want this dollar per mile or a flagged offer or something like that. But eventually. I mean, I've said this before, but the system should be able to do something like, I need to pick up my daughter from school at 1 p.m. Yes, so I can only work yes we've talked about this. Yeah, like, don't, or at least, or at least make sure that you have me back there. Yep. Uh, or, you know, you'd be able to say, it's like, you know, I'm open to our block type stuff on these days. I don't mind schedule ahead opportunities above a certain rate because that makes sense. But really what we're trying to build is to say, that's the personal dispatchism is, you tell it what you want to accomplish. It will look across all your opportunities and help you do that. So maybe, maybe even is this maybe a step too far, but saying like, and I'm not saying take your Google calendar and share all your data, but something like your personal calendar and then all the platforms you work and let, let it all fight it out based on that. But it has to know that your personal calendar comes first. Yeah. I think there's some of that. And I think there's also some of this, like, in you know, a, you know, if somebody wants to book me for time ahead of time, it has to be above, you know, usually I make 20 bucks for DoorDash. I won't entertain any offer that's less than 24. How does Para pay? So is Para a payment system? No. So do you, do you want to explain the relationship with gig wage? And um, like yeah, I can put a couple so, of these up too, so that people know, cause they're, I mean, I'll do it after you talk too, but like there are different payments on how these companies will pay. Yeah, if you can show that table there quickly, I think that'd be a good yeah, way to okay. through it. So I think there's two things, right? There's some companies where they pay you directly, and there's some companies where the payment is made by us, right? And I think when the payment is made by us, it's not Para being a payment system. We're using another payment platform, but essentially we're in charge for paying you. And I think what you'll see here is, you know, in the cases where Para pays you, most of the cases will, most of the time will pay you by the next day. Right. So I think the reason why we pay for these partners is we want to get you paid faster. We're working to make that same day, but right now it's currently next day. 
So what that basically means is as part of setting up your Pero profile, we also ask you to set up a payment profile. And basically with, through that payment profile with, with this right. company called GigWage, uh, yep. you get paid the next day. So I think within GigWage, there's actually two options. So we process payments the next day. With GigWage, you have two options. You can either say, hey, I want to get my payment via normal bank transfer, ACH transfer, in which case that takes one to two days for the money to hit your account, generally one day, sometimes two. There was another option where you can connect a debit card and basically say, hey, I want to get paid today, uh, in which case I think there's a 1.4% fee. We're working to right. try and get that fee down or to subsidize that for sort of our, you know, to eat that cost on our end for the best users. But what that means is when we pay you the next day, it's instant, right? So we hit pay, it goes straight through your debit card into your bank. Uh, right. I think the next set here is partners where, uh, you know, they themselves pay you. So they generally have their own payment systems there. Uh, I think some of them use companies such as Every and companies such as that. Uh, but what happens there is, uh, you know, they pay you on their payment cycle there. Usually that's once a week. Right. Uh, I'm seeing Gusto here as a payment that's like this, like uh, uh, local is on Wednesdays, uh, Return Mates is on Tuesdays. Yep. Uh, and you'll see here, Table 22 will pay you through whatever you want there twice a week. Uh, right. I think one thing we are doing is we are working to try and get more of the payments sent through us. The reason for that is for these partners which pay you every week, we know people want to be paid faster. So to some extent, we are going to some of the older partners and saying, hey, how about you pay us at the end of the week, but we will pay the driver the next day. Uh, obviously, it's not right. quite that simple. I think for some of these partners people are working hour blocks so i think we've had to build these systems to say you know has the person worked four hours can your system confirm those four hours happen can our system then pay the driver and can you make sure to pay us back in a couple days for the money that we just helped you pay so i think yeah. we are currently working on some of that so colorado senate bill 23098 <laughs> is the the sponsors are senator uh robert rodriguez denver um representative uh you colorado springs and then um and then representative jennifer bacon of denver you're the only freshman right yeah yep i'm the one i'm the one okay. freshman on there so um so there's the this is something i i mean i think that this needs to be discussed because in all the articles i read it mentions it and i think this might throw people off a bit to the w2 part because, okay, so it's about transparency. Companies would have to disclose the take rates to the drivers and customers before it happens. Sometimes that is not disclosed to a driver before we accept a ride, said Brian Winkler, um, a driver for Uber Eats and organizer for the, as you mentioned, Colorado Independent Drivers United, comma, communication worker at American Local 7777. Now, I think that right there worries some people. Oh, that because, because we're organized under like the, the, the broader union because yeah, yeah, no. because, yeah, local, yeah. because local 7777 tells beep, beep, sure. union. That's a union. That's what yeah. people think. Well, and that's why I always try to like clarify for people like we're a non. So CDU is just independent drivers, right? So we're all um, Uber, Lyft, 
you know, DoorDash, Grubhub, whatever else it is. Um, we don't have any hop, skip, drive people. That would be interesting. They're a whole other, uh, whole other world here. Um, but that's why I always make a point of like mentioning to people, we are a non-traditional union, right? Like where there's, we can't have a collective bargaining unit for what we do. Um, it's not that kind of arrangement. But if you want to get in on just the um, just the process of like getting organized, um, kind of getting your collective your, our collective heads around um, some shared goals and some shared values and things that we want to work on within um, the world that we work in, um, you kind of have to have some structure. And one of the things that some of those um, like more conglomerate, uh, bigger unions have is that structure. They're like, here's how, like basically, here's how you do. They get your, get yourself like um, a leadership structure. Um, here's how you recruit for it. Here are some resources that we have for you. Like there are just, there's just more that you can tap into to advocate for yourself and the people you're organizing with if you partner up with somebody like that. So um, I think where where I keep coming back to right is the fact that you know the apps have done a good job of drawing a line in the sand and basically said, are you here or are you there, right? And I think where I always go back to is for all of us when we talk to, there is this 70% of drivers like right here who generally want 95% of the same thing, right? So I think what I really like is basically saying, regardless of where you fall on sort of the spectrum, can we like make life actionally better in a way that we all agree tomorrow? basically, right? And I think reading from this bill, I do think that that's definitely the case, right? And I think that's why we're proud to support it. I do have one question, and I think sort of a, almost like, does it go far enough? And actually, this is something that Steve and I have talked about, which is, uh, Steve, perhaps you might be better to speak about this, but this idea of like the apps have to provide an estimate or their best estimate. Yeah, I actually, I actually pulled be. that portion out because I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask Stephanie about it. So on page four, or I'm sorry, page seven of the PDF, um, number four, um, sub number three, uh, an estimate of the total fare that the consumer um, will be charged for the transportation task and an estimate of the total amount the TNC will pay mm -hmm. the driver before any tip is added um, for the transportation task. To me, that sounds like a little bit of maybe an exit loophole for the TNC companies. It, it could potentially be. So, you know, without delving too much into like, you know, um, you know, one-on-one -on -one stakeholder conversations and whatnot, there have been like a lot of conversations about, about this already. And, and rest assured, like the app companies lobbyists are up in my grill and have been since before oh, the session started. I'm sure. <laughs> so and that's um, not going to stop. It's no, of course not. It's no, of course not. No, but it's in a way it's good. Cause a lot of them, you know, are, um, they, they do aim to be pretty friendly and, and warm towards uh, legislators who they want to get along with, which is, is, good um but you know they they had a lot of things to say about like well you know there's only so much that we can actually fit on the screen and um you know how are we going to make that work and can't we just send people after like after the fact can it be on the receipt and so that's kind of whittled down to like okay like you have to provide an estimate but then the um post-transaction communication is the one that's going to be hyper accurate and detailed and we'll have more that you can so if you start to compare and contrast those as you know an average customer an average passenger um and you see gross disparities then we know that something is wrong um and uh, so that, one, that's for the that's for sort of the consumer so the consumer on the post fact will see these details on their bill 
but in the build, is all, I guess drivers also get full tip transparency as it reads? Um, so these, we certainly do on the delivery side because there's there's no excuse for that, right? You're you're taking the trip that you're taking, and they you know they have generally already put the tip on there as it is, right? So um, let me, I, I might have to actually double check some of like the finer points of the language, but yes, it should be on, but it should be on both sides. And if it isn't, then we have to do a language correction because the whole point is for everybody to get that, to get that breakdown. So yeah, there was, there were some things about, you know, like, oh, we don't have like, there's only so much technological capacity for which, you know, it, it I, I, it's a little sus to me, but I'm, we're, we're trying to work with them about, you know, what, what can you do that will be compliant with the new law? Because we don't, we don't want it to be impossible to, to um, fulfill. Um, but the other big piece of that too is right now, um, there, is, there is no clear statutory obligation to be transparent. And um, even though like the PUC has, like I said, they have like that one little, you know, line here and there about like, they should be showing you full information. There's no recourse if they don't. Um, whereas like our bill puts that under the Department of um, Department of Labor Standards and Statistics where it belongs. Yeah, so that I think, can actually I, be and, and you said recourse. So that that makes me want to make sure that we cover a little bit before we run out of time of recourse for deactivated drivers. Yeah, because I know that's part of the bill as well. Yeah. Yeah. So finally, finally, you have a right to a review. Simply put, you have the right to a review. You if you are deactivated, there's um there's a certain um, time frame in which they can they can pause you, they can suspend your access for three days and and for seventy two hours without um, necessarily having to justify it. But then you have to be able to get that review. And we made one carve out in that for um, you know if you are um, if you are being investigated for like an assault claim or a sexual harassment claim or something like that by a passenger that's a little bit more serious, um, they get a little bit more time to work with. But you have the opportunity to be heard. Um, have the Department of Labor actually review your situation instead of just having, you know, the, the customer service on the other end with the app company say like, sorry, we just shut it off. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Um, and that's that's a big shift from from where we've been. And I, I don't know that I've seen, I don't think any other states have done that yet. So, but I hope that no, they I feel will. like the companies, the companies are almost worse about it, right? They basically say, because you're an independent contractor, we can't tell you what the complaint was or can't tell you why you feel deactivated. Yeah, well, we've got we've got some protective language in there for to. victims. Yeah, they can just say we don't need to tell you. Yeah, well, I the mean, it's sad, it but that, even... is, that is what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have some protective language in there to ensure that it, you know, if you know, for instance, if you're a passenger and you're like, hey, like my driver, like literally sexually assaulted me, right? Like, you are protected. You know your privacy is protected and, and whatnot, but that also there's there's a path for someone to to clear their name and and get back on. Um, and I think also the the way that this has been done, where it's just like, well, you're you know again, you're an IC. We don't have to tell you anything, and we really shouldn't. Um, I don't know that that's really a good path forward for a victim getting justice either, because we don't we don't have a resolution process. And that's that needs to include everyone involved. If someone has been out of line, we need to be able to do something about it. And if all they do is just get deactivated and they just go sign up for another company and hurt somebody else, that's not good but for at the victims same time, either. You got to make sure. And I, you know, to anybody who truly is, yes, more. I mean, of course, take them sure. to the cleaners. Do what you need to do. But we already know people try and claim a free ride, even if it means the person, the driver, will get deactivated. They still want an eight dollar free ride. I did uh, get to take an autonomous vehicle. The first 
because Uber has the autonomous option. So I did it. The first one had to call me because it broke down and they had to have it towed. <laughs> so they canceled what? that. And then they said, can you wait an hour? And I was on board and I was like, sure, I'll wait an hour. And so the, then the one comes and there's two people sitting up front. They have two controllers in every car, a driver and an engineer. And I actually talked to them the whole time. I said, so what's up with all this? They're like, oh, autonomous is a joke. They're like, this thing without us can't even make a turn around the corner. So your whole 700 mile trip was autonomous? No, that was me driving okay. to Vegas from here to take a curry oh. load. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I and just then, wanted to make sure. I, I was like, what? That, I, see, that, I, would have, I would have loved that live stream of Steve plus the two autonomous engineers for 700 miles. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was another thing. Those guys were on top of that stuff. They had no live streaming, no pictures. You have to sign a form that you're not going to do any, like a paper form. They hand you a clipboard. You can't change your destination. You can't, you can't add a passenger. There's a <laughs> lot of rules that go with this. Oh, like wow. at one point at a light, the, one of the guys got out of the right side. He took like a, what looked like twice the size of a, a like of a, a, I don't know, like some kind of like long bar with a, a little curve, but the bar was straight with a handle. And he stuck it under the wheel and gave it this yark, this loud yank, and something went pop. And he's it like, or like clank. And he was like, okay. And he gets back in and like just shoved it in the seat next to him. Like, it definitely was not a tool. He found this works to do whatever the, it fixed. It, it, was, it was so ridiculous. I mean, I was so blown away with how much BS is involved in autonomous. It reaffirmed everything I've thought all along. There's sort of like a good timing thing here, because UDM, you said you started the channel, what, 2017? But 2018, seriously, I think is what you mentioned. Yeah, the channel yeah. was created in November 2017, but yeah. uploading consistently January 15, 2018. I remember 2017, that was the time when they were all saying that it would be full autonomous by 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. And I, I, that's another thing that was causing a whole lot of uh, friction, you know, that during that time, drivers were like, oh, they're going to replace us. <laughs> Like yeah. what? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. No, it's a yeah. lot. It's a long time before they did that. Before they yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they do. They did give me the ride for free. Um, mm -hmm. If you're willing to wait and take one, they give you the ride for free, which I didn't really understand either. Like, well, what is the point of this? You know, it was an emotional car. It was beat up to crap. I mean, it looked like crap when it pulled up. I was expecting something real slick and shiny, and it looked like crap. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, UDM, now you're – are you are you done-done? I mean, I know you're not, like, probably calling every app and saying, shut me down, but are you done-done working the apps? Because that was one thing I didn't really – I wasn't really sure about when we left the other conversation. Okay, well, um, for all those that that are, you know, just trying to figure it out, I'm not done. Um, there was a previous conversation when I said that um, I'm going to have these apps until I pass on. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to have these apps and I'm going to work them whenever I feel like it. It's just more of giving up the full time aspect of things. Right. I don't want to be full time on the road anymore. Right. I want to 
focus my energy on other things that are more important to me, like my daughter going to college, going to yeah. her games, and still um, bringing in uh, um, enough money or really elevating, you know, elevating my my craft and making more money and um, creating partnerships outside of the gig economy. Um, things that I've always wanted to work on. Now I'm focusing more on that. So instead of me going through the entire process, filming, um, coming home and then editing this entire video and then uploading it to YouTube and then premiering it or doing a live stream possibly and all that. Instead of going through all of that, all of that time it takes to do all of that, I just go to Instagram, do a quick little reel, you know, and then just, that's it. I don't have to do much more than that. So I'm still uploading, but it's just on a different platform. Um, yeah, while I have you here, David, I like I would love for you to be a part of it. Okay, I don't know what it is, but I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, um, let's just put it out there. Um, let's just say, all right. So drivers have one experience, right? And uh, I believe you did DoorDash, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, not a ton, but yes. Yeah. Okay. So, see, the thing is, from your perspective, it would be like the challenges you faced to help drivers that are facing issues with DoorDash, and having you tell your story from your perspective and seeing everything that was going on that made you make this decision would be an awesome story to tell because it would be an awesome piece to add to this entire thing I'm building. I'd be, I'd be honored. I'll be there if you'll have me. Of course. <laughs> I just gave you the invitation. I think you're right. UDM. I think that would, I think that's a, I think that's a, a vital piece of what you're putting together because he has a totally different perspective than everybody else. And when I hear people talking about Para, yeah. it's like, man, Para, boy, I love Para. You know, of course, these are dashes, right? And yeah. there's there are drivers out here that's that's going through the struggle. And just hearing that 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 app that you built helped dashes feel better than what they were experiencing. So why not have you tell your side of the story? you know, make you a part of that entire thing. It would no, be I'd, great. I'd love that. And really, that's what really makes me so happy is when I have people come up and be like, hey, you made me some money. You were able to help me. Like, that's why we do what we do. So 